This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I speak with Carol McQuaid, who is a nomadic artist. Before becoming an artist, Carol was working a corporate job, but she knew she wanted to pursue a career as a traveling artist full-time. So she and her husband put their home on Airbnb, and the rest, as they say, is history. Today, she's able to continue to travel as an artist through artist residencies and by renting their home. When Carol is not creating art in Vancouver, she is traveling the world, meeting different artists, and getting inspiration from her adventures. On this episode, Carol shares how to create travel opportunities from your artistic talents and why having a creative outlet is crucial for everyone, even when you're not an artist. Carol is such a joy to talk to, so I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I do. Carol today. Hey, Carol. Hello. So Carol is so unique and interesting because she reached out to me and you have a really interesting background, Carol. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you stood out to me so much. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Um, I love the offbeat life. I think I was just destined to live it right from the start. <laughs> um, but I am a working artist, so I create artwork and I travel all over the world teaching art and doing art residencies and creating my work for galleries. And I realized because I was traveling all over, I had this unique opportunity to go and interview artists all over the world. So uh, just recently I started a a podcast that is uh, me walking into bars with artists and talking about art and living the artist's life and it's called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar and it's given me an opportunity to meet cool people all over the world so super fun. That sounds like a really fun project that you have. And obviously, I love podcasts and yep. your podcast <laughs> is so much fun. And were you always an artist? Right. So I start my, started my working life. I studied design and I started in design and mostly doing ar architectural renderings. So it was always sort of art based. But over the years, I realized uh, that I wasn't making enough income initially. So I would work on my artwork and then I would go and do, I would start a business or do a, a business project. I did a lot of sales training and sales coaching and, uh, and running sales projects. So I would go and work on a project for six months, make a pile of money, finish the project. And then I would go back and paint for six months. And then I'd get lonely for people and, uh, and uh, want to earn another bag of money. So I'd go back and do another project. So I've spent many years back and forth between business and art. And now in the last maybe eight years, the art has become enough of a business that I've stopped doing the other and I'm focusing entirely on what I love. For most of us as an artist, it's people usually talk to you and tell you, well, it's not really sustainable. And I love seeing people like you, Carol, who can actually make a business and a sustainable living from, from this. Yeah. So <laughs> you're proving everyone wrong. That's right. That's my <laughs> mission. <laughs> 
20, 30 years ago, it was so much harder for an artist to actually make a living. But because of technology, of the internet, of everything else, that you can just be exposed to so many people now, it's so much easier. Has that changed in the past few years with the technology for you to share your work? So it has completely changed things. And I think what it's done is has demanded a whole nother skill set of artists. So it used to be you would do your work, you would give it to a gallery if you were lucky enough to find a good gallery, and they would sell it for you and they'd take a big cut, but they'd do all of that side of the business. Now what happens is, you know, some of that model is absolutely still going on, but the bulk of it is artists promoting themselves. So we need to absolutely know how to market ourselves on social media, how to present our work, how to get our message out there. Twice as much work and for me, I love doing that stuff, so it's not a it's not a hassle. But but it does take time away from painting. But the upside is when you sell a piece, that money is all yours. So it's kind of like doing two jobs at the same time, but you're getting paid for both of them. And it's really crucial to understand how marketing is a hundred percent what you need in order to get those sales and to get yourself known. Because I was an artist for a really long time I still am and I one of the things that I just figured out was that most of the time it's 80 20 right 20 percent content yep. creation and 80 percent marketing <laughs> because yeah, even exactly. if, yeah because even if your work is incredible and it's amazing and no one's seeing it unless this is just your hobby then mm. it's not going to become a business and people they buy the artist first and then the artwork. So if they're walking into a gallery and they're just seeing an image, that's a tougher thing to get out there. But when they see what you're doing and they know your story and your background, uh, people you know, fall in love with the artist and then they fall in love with the work. That's kind of how it goes. So it does give us a different, it gives us a, a whole nother advantage when we can when we can put our own work out there and tell our own story. They're able to connect to you as a person and then they love you even more and your work makes more sense to them. So your transition from your day job to your life right now was a big difference, right? From what you were doing before and now as a full-time artist. What were the first steps you took in order to realize this dream and this goal that you had? So I started, I guess, about eight years ago. I had a show uh, that was, it was Fun. I did a ton of work for it. At that time, I was managing, we owned some retail stores, so I was managing those and I was doing art on the side. And I finished this show and I had all of this work, the things that hadn't sold, and we were loading them into the truck. And my husband turned to me and he said, you know, we could put this in the garage or we could drive around and find the perfect location for it. So we drove into the coolest part of Vancouver, where we were living at the time, where we're kind of based out of now. And we found this really cool shop and we went in and we talked to the lady and and ended up putting all my work in there. And that just started things rolling for me. It was a, it was a design center and lots of people were doing their houses. So I started selling a lot of work out of there, which motivated me to make more. And then I got on this cycle of constantly applying for shows, applying for residencies, applying for things. And it just, just took off. So for me, it, that was the turning point was making that decision not to pack everything up and put it in storage, but to 
get it out there into the world and set it free. And uh, it worked. So I was really happy with that. With everyone else, if you're starting a business or if you're an artist, you're going to get a lot of no's and failures. What was it like to take that point in your life to finally say that I'm not going to put this in the garage, I'm going to put myself out there and see where this can actually get me? Because I've talked to different artists before, and one of the things that many of them are afraid of is selling out. You don't want to sell out. You want everything to be pure, and money is secondary. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not a far second. It's a close second. And really, that was part of it. Like I I did all of this work for that show and I sold some pieces, but I just had this bulk of work and it was a matter of pay to store it or get active. And, you know, I've in in my work life, I did a ton of coaching and a, a ton of training. And so I kind of my own little coach jumped up on my shoulder and went, come on, you, you know, get get in the game or get out of the game. You know, you can you can pack this stuff away or you can really go for it. And I just allowed myself to choose B. And that's what that's what did it. Sometimes it takes a little while for us to realize that and like you, you did coaching for other people. And sometimes it's harder for us to see certain things in ourselves and what changes we have to make until we're finally ready to take those steps. And then once Mm. our mindset changes, everything else changes. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. I still have those moments where you think, oh, no, I don't want to put my stuff out there. I don't want to put myself out there. I just want to curl up here on the couch and to be safe. But the more often, like just trying to build that habit of always putting myself and my stuff forward, not hiding in the corner, the more I do that, I find the more success and the more no's you get too. But that's okay. uh, If you're not asking, you're already not getting whatever you want from people. So just over the last several years, I've tried to build that habit of putting it out and just seeing what happens. Isn't it amazing what happens when you actually start doing work? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the results that come from it, it's really incredible. (laughs) It is. It really is. Yeah. Your day must look so different now from when you still had your day job. Can you run us through what your average day looks like? Oh, yeah. Well, my average day doesn't exist, for one thing. It's uh, every day is completely different. But a typical like some of the things that will happen, I'll get up in the morning and, you know, start with my social media. So I'll go on and do my posts and see what else is going on, connect with my community, you know, hit my Facebook groups that have to do with podcasting and art and all of those things. And then I will either head up to the studio. For me, it's either a painting day. So I'll just go in deep, paint all day, get completely lost in it. Uh, That's about half the days of the week. The other half of the week, I will be working on my podcast, editing, um, writing show notes, or connecting with artists. If I know I've got a trip coming up, I will be writing to people in all the cities that I'm going to hit, finding people to go and do interviews with. That sounds like a really full and packed day (laughs) that you have. It's fun because it is so varied. You know, one day I'm a painter, one day I'm, you know, a marketing person, and one day I'm a podcaster. And it's just the rotation is really fun, keeps it super fresh. For a lot of people who are freelancers, artists, creatives, we get bored very easily. So for what a lot of people will think, like it's just a bundle of stuff for us, it's really exciting. And it actually motivates us even more when we have a variety of things that we're working on. 
What is the one thing that you wish you knew before becoming a freelance artist? I think that over time, I've picked up the systems that keep me organized, like things like using Trello to do my planning, um, having an actual Monday to Friday here, are the things you should focus on schedule. I think if I had started off with more of that foundation, that would have been helpful. I think the one thing that I did have at the start was to sit down and really figure out a plan. Even though that plan's changed a million times, you know, I started out with a with an idea of exactly where I wanted to get to. And then gradually I built the system for how to get there. And it takes a while for us to really get into that rhythm of knowing what works for you, especially if you're traveling. And a lot of listening to other people, like finding out what's working for other people. So there are a lot of shortcuts to be found when you connect with your tribe and for me, finding groups of artists to talk about, you know, what works for you and what didn't. And that's been super helpful along the way. Finding the right people to surround yourself with is really one of the biggest things that's going to help you succeed because you can't do it all on your own. And there's always a shortcut that somebody else has done that yeah. you may not have found out until like five years from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through a lot. You've done a lot of things. You've traveled all over the world. What has been the biggest setback that you have encountered and how do you usually handle them? So for me, I am on the road usually about nine months of the year. Like we divide our time between Canada and Mexico. And when we're call ourselves at home. You know, we've got a house in Canada and one in Mexico. And the rest of the time I'm teaching on cruise ships. I'm doing residencies in strange countries. I'm all over the place. And I love that. But it can be a challenge to have your tribe, like to have your community around you, your your relationships with, for my relationships with friends, if I allow them, they get strained. And so moments when you're sitting in a strange country and you've had a difficult day and you're like, ah, where are my people? Where's, where's my community? That's been the biggest challenge for sure. So the way that I do that is just to really focus on maintaining my community. And a lot of it is online. Like I have, I'm part of an artist collective, a group of women from Canada, and we go and do international art projects together and we support each other. And we can, we always know it's called 13 feet off the ground and we can always reach out to our 13 feet off the ground sisters. And I'm part of something called Thrive Mastermind, which is a group. It's also a group of artists and it's available worldwide. I do my meetings online. So once a month I go to my Thrive meeting online from whatever country I'm in. And it's a group of 10 artists. And we all talk about the things that we're having challenges with the things that are working for us. And it's a great format. And for me, that is my support when I'm in some strange country dealing with all kinds of different things. I know that once a month, I'm going to sit down on a call with these 10 women. They're all professionals. We've, we're all walking the same walk. And we can give each other advice and support and help. And that's just been a huge support system for me. And then family and friends and things like that, making sure you're keeping those relationships alive as you're as you're moving from place to place. I completely agree with you, Carol. I feel and I believe that having a group of people around you that you can mastermind with is so crucial to your success. And I have that as well. And I tell everybody this. 
this yeah you need people the right people so let me emphasize that the right people yeah yeah (laughs) that are around you 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 are yes I know the right people make sure that you have the right people what is the worst advice that you have ever received uh so now this would be the worst for me. I don't know how it is for everybody else. But when I hear people say, oh, you know, that's nice, that's interesting, but have a backup plan. To me, I think it's important to have a plan and to make sure that that plan is totally aligned with who you are as a person, your core values. But once I have a plan in mind, I think the the idea of having a backup plan or a plan B means you are not quite committed to plan A. When I hear have a backup plan, I just, I, I shut it right out. I think have one plan, uh, execute it when the time is right. And then, you know, cross that river and burn the rafts, like no looking back. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, Carol, that you're saying that because I believe that as well. And I don't want to have a backup plan because that just means that I am expecting myself to fail. And yeah. that means I just go back to where I was before. So there's no option. Yeah, yeah. For no that. take away that safety net. <laughs> yeah, no safety net. I'm just going to yeah. jump and then it's going to go how it's going to go. And yeah, that's it. Exactly. And then I pivot towards other things, but it's not going to go back to, to that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you share one productivity tip that has worked for you? Because you are doing so many things. How do you keep everything in line and be productive? That is a major piece of making this all work. And what I found over time was having a plan is great, having a vision and a mission and all of that fantastic. But until something is in my calendar, it's just a thought. So what I find is the crucial step for me is figure out all the things you need to do and then put them in the calendar and maybe you're going to move them. Maybe they're not going to happen right when you put them, but it allows you to see how much time is there really in a day and what am I planning to do with it? And if I know that I want to do a show with 30 pieces and each of them is going to take me 10 hours, if I can't find 300 hours to put in the calendar, then that's not going to happen. Realistically, looking at how much time things take and having an idea of where they fit, I find helps me prioritize. And it, uh, the more I do that, the more I get done. And now looking at your calendar, you you have all of these things that you do. You're an artist, so you have to market that. And then you're a podcaster, you have to market that as well. Can you share with us your best marketing tip that has worked for you? Ah, uh, that is a good question. So what I find, like I like to use all of the social media platforms and uh, I like to, yeah, I do a, a little bit of Facebook ads and Instagram ads, not very much, but the biggest thing for sure is getting in front of real life people always being willing to talk about what you're doing and share it with people and like I'll meet somebody in a certain country and then I'll be able to see my stat I was on a tour in Stockholm and met with my the guide who was taking us and showing us around and he was an artist we ended up talking about the two artists walk into a bar podcast and the next thing I know I've got this surge of listeners in Stockholm like it's that one-on-one making sure you are remembering to share with people what it is you put out there because it's you're doing it as a benefit to people let them know face to face I think is still the biggest thing 
a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there. But if you're afraid to do that, then no one's going to know, right? So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those people have the, the ability to broadcast to their network. Like my network is only so big, but their network is a whole, it's a whole fresh ground for me, right? Yeah, you have to tap into every single network that you can get because you don't yeah. know where it's going to lead you. So that is such a great tip, Carol. Thank you so much for that. How are you able to finance this chosen career at the start and how do you continue to create income today? It was interesting how the actual travel part of this, the being on the road all the time. So we had, uh, I had a studio in Vancouver and I had a house a block away from the studio. It was great and I was working all the time, but we wanted to buy a big sailboat. And the way that we decided to do that was when we're off traveling, we'll rent our house out on Airbnb. So I made a listing and I got it all set and I went to have a little nap because we were, we were going to be doing stuff late that night. And I thought, gee, I wonder if anybody will ever find this ad. And by the time I got up 40 minutes later, I had three inquiries already. So our house just went like crazy. It was rented out every day. So we got the sailboat, we started playing on that. And then we did the same thing with the sailboat. We put it on into a charter. So when we're not using it, it's rented. Being nomadic enough that our stuff is all packed up and we could easily rent our home out, that made a huge difference. So now what we've done, we've sold that house. We've got a house in Mexico. And we've got a ski place in an area called the Okanagan in Canada. We've got this boat. And what we do is we just constantly rent out wherever we aren't. And that money covers the cost of the housing in, in wherever we are. And that gave us the freedom to just completely live out of a suitcase. And it's been amazing. I'm very interested in real estate. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will take that idea and run with it, Carol. Thank you so much. <laughs> sure, yeah. And, and, and Airbnb is so great now because you can rent it out if you have a property. It's so much more easier to, to do that. It is. It's fantastic. And it really has given us the freedom that we just, you know, couldn't have imagined before that. Achieving your dreams and your goals is not easy. And there's a lot of obstacles along the way. How do you usually handle stress and anxiety when you're faced with them? Right. And that happens a lot on the road too. Like if you're not careful, that can creep up. So for me, what I find is the more I am taking care of my body, the more I can withstand that stuff. So wherever I am, I have my rituals. Like I, I do an online yoga program. It's called Yoga with Adrian. I'm, I feel like she's my best friend, even though we've never met. <laughs> <laughs> so I make sure I keep doing that. And then just really being aware of what I'm putting in my body, you know, eating fresh, real foods and taking care of myself that way and connecting with friends and, and keeping the balance there. So it's all just basic self-care, but the more I'm on the road, the more critical I find those things are. You may not notice it now, but it definitely goes a long way later on how you're treating your body. Last fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? The biggest moments for me, because I do a lot of teaching, is when I encounter somebody who says, you know, I read your how-to book, or I went to one of your classes, or whatever, and it changed my life. So when I find people who have embraced their creativity because of our encounter, that's the biggest thrill for me. So 
I would imagine being on that, you know, on that porch 50 years from now, looking back, thinking that there were all these people who had a more creative, engaged life because of our encounter. That is such a great legacy to leave. And also, do you do a lot of speaking engagements? I do. I uh, I speak to artist groups and I've done lots of public speaking engagements and things like that where I'm talking about creativity and its importance in our lives and how we tend nowadays to outsource that, you know, our music, our art, all of that, we buy it or we access it and uh, It used to be that people did it themselves. They'd sit around a piano or in my house, everybody pulls the guitars out and plays and sings and they would create their own artwork. And I think that, uh, you know, my sort of mission is getting people to realize that you don't need to be a fine artist to have an amazing day sitting painting. You don't need to be a musician to have an awesome day sitting and playing your guitar with your friends. And and just remembering that we can engage in those activities and enjoy them and love them and let them bring great things into our lives without the expectation of it being perfect or a profession. Yeah, and they're also great stress relievers too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And the more you know about each of those creative endeavors, the more you enjoy it when you encounter it uh, from somebody who's amazing. Like, I'm not a musician, but I play enough that when I listen to music, it's enhanced for me. I think the more we dabble in those creative things, the more it changes how we see the world and it just brings it all to life. So I love it when people engage in different kinds of creativity and I just think it brings so much to their lives and and it's important to me to share that thought with people. You don't have to be perfect and it's just for you. It's not like you're making a career out of this unless you really want to, but it's a great yeah. way for you to just express yourself. Let's get to some fun questions, Carol. Okay. Some, peop- <laughs> some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you, hiking, travel, really cheesy books and, you know, embarrassing stuff. But <laughs> what about you? What do you nerd out? on? Oh, I am such a nerd. (laughs) So for me, it's language learning. Like I love to go online. I'm a Duolingo addict. And uh, I've always studied languages. And I love to push myself to, you know, try and read novels in different languages. And, and so I'm currently my thing is doing crosswords in Spanish loving that and uh, and just always always trying to stretch my brain with languages we were in germany a couple months ago and i speak spanish and some french and a little bit of italian but we're in germany for like four days and we're in our airbnb and my husband looks over at me he's like what are you doing i said i'm just duolingoing some language and he's like we're here for four days carol and uh, sure enough i'm down i can't even remember what words i learned but within a couple days i was like oh i know what they're saying or you know being able to interact on a very (laughs) but i love that stuff i think it just breaks down cultural barriers and it's such good brain exercise so that's my that's my nerd confession <laughs> that is such a great thing to nerd out on especially as a traveler so good on you <laughs> hey, yeah it's fun <laughs> if you were given a one minute ad slot during the super bowl that you can't sell with the potential to reach millions what would you fill it with i would try and put together some piece that 
encourages people to explore their own creativity, something that makes them, gives them permission to just go and express themselves with music or with art or whatever it is. And then if I had a few seconds left at the end, I would steer them back towards the two artists walk into a bar podcast because then they would have this huge selection of examples of people who are doing exactly that just to inspire them to keep going down that road. And then I'm sure you're going to get like millions of listeners for your show. So that's always (laughs) an added bonus. (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) What is the most unusual job that you have ever done? And what was the best thing that you've learned from it? Oh, I've had some weird ones along the way, but uh, (laughs) probably one of my first jobs, I was deep frying pierogies at a place called Hunky Bill's House of Pierogies. And it was grueling. I was over a fryer. And I think I eventually got fired for eating more than I sold. It was a nightmare. And I think really what that taught me is, you know, make your own job and be in charge of your own stuff. Because having to show up and do something you don't like when all your friends are out having fun is not cool. So it was, a, it was a good motivator at a very early age to be independent. And I've just always done that. That is a good lesson to learn. And also, if that was your business, you can eat as much as you want and you won't get That's fired. Right. But you probably <laughs> won't make any profit. But hey, it's your business. <laughs> but it's pierogies, so people understand. <laughs> I know. They're like, we understand why you don't have any left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting with a person that you have ever encountered? About a year ago, we were down in San Jose del Cabo in Mexico, and I was talking to an artist, Frank Arnold. He was one of my first episodes on my podcast, and he's this artist, and he has this amazing gallery in the heart of San Jose del Cabo, and I walked in and just saw this life that he was living and completely fell in love with it, and uh, we ended up starting to look for a house at that moment and now we are just finishing building this house and built a big art studio in it and I just completely embraced what he was doing and for me it opened up a whole new chapter in my life so we are just heading down there in about two weeks to go and set it all up a lot of it was just based on that one chance interaction with this super charismatic artist living out his dream and I thought hey if he can do it I can take a swing at it. (laughs) (laughs) It's really incredible how a person just living their life, just living the life they truly love can really influence another person in a huge way. And you never know when you're giving that experience to somebody, you know, I, I hadn't, I met somebody just by chance about a year ago. And then I sent her a message saying, Hey, we met and I wonder if you remember me. And she wrote back and said, Oh, my God, do I remember you? You told me about art residencies. And it completely changed my life. She gave me this story about the impact that a chance conversation we had had on her. And uh, it was such a thrill for me to think, wow, you know, I like you don't know what kind of impact you have as you go through life. And, and every once in a while, you get the feedback and it just felt really good. 
Sometimes people are quiet and silent and you don't know the impact you're creating. You could be changing somebody else's life. So live the life you really love because even if other people aren't saying anything, they're being impacted by what you're doing and just looking at you and what you're doing with your life. And also make sure to listen to the extended interview with Carol because she's going to talk more about residencies, how to get in and how to prepare for it and so much more. So I'm excited for that extended interview with you, Carol. Hey, me too. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. <laughs> Is there any question that you wish people asked you more? You know, I think if uh, if I could pick one, it would be for people to ask how to make space in their lives for exploring their creativity, because I would love to to share that information with people. I think giving people an opportunity to to change the way they see the world by being creative would be the biggest thing I would want to share. What are you working on today that's really exciting to you? Um, I'm working on a series of cityscapes on wood panel in acrylic that I'm having a lot of fun with. It is uh, because I've had the opportunity to be in all these places. It's given me a lot of visual stuff to play with. So I'm doing that. And the other thing I'm having a lot of fun with right now is I'm putting together some workshops creating creative balance. And I'm going to be doing the workshops in the studio down in Mexico and in our mountain place up in Canada. And they're just really for artists to be able to sit down and do a reset, kind of create the space, create the plan and chart their path. Those are really fun to put together. It's a nice mix for me of my coaching background and my art background coming together. And I'm really having fun piecing that together. It sounds like it's also helping someone, an artist, get unstuck sometimes that happens to to a lot of us absolutely and there's always a way through that so it's good to reach out and and get the help that you need when you need it I know I do <laughs> all of us yeah. do <laughs> yeah <laughs> if our listeners want to know more about you where can they find you yeah, there's two places to go. So for the art side, for the art and the art workshops, it's Carol McQuaid Art, and that's C-A-R-O-L-M-C-Q-U-A-I-D Art. And you can go on any of the social media platforms at Carol McQuaid Art, and you will find me there. For the podcast, it's twoartistswalkintoabar.com. And on social media, it is the number two Two Artists Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carol, for being here. <laughs> Yay. It's been really fun. Thanks, Debbie. And thanks for what you do. Like, I love listening to all of your examples of people living these amazing lives. So thanks for what you're putting out there. I really enjoy and appreciate it. Aw, thank you, Carol. You all inspire me. So that's why I talk to all of you because you're so amazing. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Carol. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Carol where she shares how to apply for artist residencies and connect with other artists. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.